all that. And then like he's on in the background, see he's on the phone, he's like holding the phone to his speaker, like to the speaker. And he's like playing the track over and over. He's like, yo, man, you need to call me back, bro. Like, call me back ASAP. And then he hung up, he's like, man, the one time D'Angelo doesn't pick up the phone. <laughs> Today on Liner Notes, we're talking with DJ Harrison. You might know him as the keyboardist from the Richmond Funk Jazz Group, Butcher Brown, or you just heard another dope artist in Richmond and didn't realize that he helped shape that project. Ladies and gentlemen, DJ Harrison. You had mentioned that it, on one of the, on Butcher Brown, you were on Concord Jazz. Mm -hmm. That's the same record label as Little Richard that was on. And so is that how you secure the theme song for Monday Night Football for mm -hmm. NFL? Because honestly, like that's a big get. That's like the first <laughs> time somebody's had a different theme song for that joint in like 25 years yeah, or something. Yeah, it was a long time. It was a long and, time. And you got to do it, to, to remake, to play the instrumentation under a little Richard joint. Yeah. Can you explain like what that was like or how quick that turnaround was? Or? Yeah, so I mean, essentially the label came to us with the opportunity and then we just kind of seized the moment like, okay, well, it's in the middle of the pandemic. We got to figure out how we're going to get these demos done. We got to figure out how we're going to get the session done. So we all got tested and we all you know, went through the whole precautions and we got up in the studio and we just kind of just started sending stuff back and forth. We got in touch with the label, we got in touch with, we, there was a couple of Zoom calls with the label and, you know, reps from ESPN and essentially, I mean, we just kind of remade the song to their liking to make sure that everybody's happy on both sides. And it was it was a trip just to be like, you know, like Little Richard is, you know, one of the forefathers of rock and roll in that, in that sense. And to have him obviously like, you know, RIP and, you know, that's like right, kind of right after you pass, and just being able to be like there for like a landmark transition, like you know, I think the, the last one was Hank Williams Jr., right? Yeah. Yeah. So it was it was running for a long time, and just to be able to like be a part of history in that way, along with Little Richard, is me. It, it means it means a lot. It means a lot to us. You know? Yeah, I thought I would say what a very cool, uh, just very cool bit of exposure for you guys. Because and I say a bit, but I mean that was. 17 or 18 weeks of NFL football on Monday night for millions of people who tune in almost religiously, yeah, you're calling, right. you know what I'm saying? So yeah. like, to hear something that you created go that wide must have been pretty cool the first time you saw it on TV or something like that. What was really a trip was the first night that Monday Night Football was on. It was just like, I, of course, like I told my mom that we had like secured the, the spot and then I went to the Jamaican truck and I got like, Two big, <laughs> two big boxes of jerk chicken, and, and like me and my mom, like we sat and watched Monday Night Football just, just so like she can hear the song and everything. And but it was, it was like a trip just hearing my song that I recorded like at my house on national television. It was, it was like a, it was a mind, it was like a, a mind trip. Like it was, like I just remember her just being like, she was like trying to eat, and she was like, "You recorded this with the fellas at your house." It was like, it was like the whole night, like every time they would keep replaying it, it was just like, so this is you. This is like, this is really you. I'm just like, yes. <laughs> you sure really that's me. you, baby? <laughs> right, right, exactly, exactly, exactly. But no, I mean, like, it was definitely like, you know, proud son moment just being like, yeah, I like, I did, like, we did this at my house and, you know, just trying to, you know, trying to see through. Like, that's what I was saying in the sense of like being a part of history in that way. 
just because, like, you know, like you were saying, like, how long was it? It was like twenty five. I mean, I'm not sure, like, but it was a long time. It was a long time. Yeah, long yeah. time. But just, just being able to be like the cat, <laughs> like one of the cats in the band, and like being from Richmond, and like just getting that amount of press, and just being like, yo, these guys like did this, like they're a part of that lineage. For sure. Whether you like it or not. Because <laughs> I'm not going to front. When that song came out and like when that happened, it was a lot of, it was kind of some backlash. Well, because it had to do with like replacing Hank Williams Jr. Because mm -hmm. like there was some controversy with his song or, or uh, something he had said, right? Yeah. Yeah. I, 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 I had to go revisit that. But it, it's one of those things like, I just remember like when the song came out, when the articles, like in Rolling Stone and on ESPN, when all those articles came out, it was like, you know, people were happy for us, but there was also like a little pocket of people who weren't so happy for us. Just kind of being like, how could they do this? Like you know, Hank Williams, like this is Monday Night Football history, and we're not going to stand for this. And it's kind of like, yeah. my bad? Uh, yeah. <laughs> Question mark? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, things are things are destined to change at some point. They don't they don't always stay the same. But mm -hmm. yeah, I I, w I was thinking about that too because I remember there being like. Not that there was like controversy, but nobody likes change. And, and they were like, well, who are we replacing Hank Williams Jr. with? Uh, Butcher Brown, who are they? Who is this? <laughs> yeah, right, right, right. Uh, but for me, I, I was very excited when I saw it because, like, you know, I, I'd seen you guys and uh, play before. But that's not the only time that you found yourself on, like, a national, like, TV broadcast. Because you also ended up, uh, well, not you personally, but your, song, your music's ended up on the show Insecure. Insecure, yeah. Yeah, with, yeah. with you uh, in your band Sons of the James. Sons of the James how did, yeah. how did that Bob one kind of come along? That was through the label too. That was, uh, shouts to uh, Fresh Elects. The, the, the album we put out, uh, Sons of the James, is out through uh, Fresh Elects. And like, Kenny from Fresh Elects kind of came through and was like, yo, like, there's like, a good opportunity if you guys are down for it. And we was kind of like, yeah, like sure, like, you know, send out whatever, like to like, as, as far as like getting syncs and all that, and it got picked up. It's one of those, it's, it's another one of those things where I'm just didn't I'm like I'm like always just like scratching my head like how did this happen? <laughs> just like what? You know? Yeah. Um, Goddamn. But yeah, man. <laughs> so uh, downstairs too, man. We got some of this for you to take home, but we have some wonderful rich uh, Richmond vendors. This is Handy Woman Creations made sweet treats, chocolate dip pretzels and cake pops. Uh, we got Honestly Smoked Beef Jerky over here, That's both Richmond-based companies that you can find everywhere. Mm -hmm. She's always at like First Friday events, Manchester Manifest, and Honestly Smoke is always like at the different local breweries that you can like buy at and stuff. But yeah, man, feel free to munch out, take some home, like. That's that's what it's here for, man. Oh, man Spreading Richmond, that, man. you know, you got the Richmond sounds, so we got Richmond taste, yeah, Richmond yeah, yeah, visuals, yeah, up here. So now we just all, all the senses. I'm trying right? to get touched somehow and not be creepy with people. <laughs> like, I don't, I don't know how I'm Alexander, and this is Garrett. I'm we're, Garrett. We're honestly smoked. We found out we lived across the street from each other in college, and we were always cooking stuff in the backyard. When jerky came into play and I had a recipe that I had messed around with. We went in, you know, that top spice, you can see it is bold. There's a lot of minced garlic, there's black pepper, there's smoked paprika, there's cayenne, there's garlic. There's all these great, great things in there that you just won't know. It's so textural and so vibrant, and then you bite into it, and it's like, boom, and it just lights you up. And not to be cliche, but we, we made our product with love. We started this because we both ate a lot of beef jerky. We'd go to the grocery store. And we still do. And we, of course we still do. Shout out Three Notch, Brew Notch Brewing, Collab House and Scott's Edition, our Who Smoked All the Porter recipe that was a companion beer to the Mild Child Jerky. And we were going to try to take that 
and rummage that into an awesome little holiday flavor for y'all. If you type in here RVA, we haven't made the promo code yet, but it will be live by the time this is yeah, you are in the future, and this promo code is now live. Exactly. So, so if you use promo, car, promo here, code RVA, here, RVA, you will get 25% off your entire order. 25. So living in Jellostone, your, your home recording studio, home slash recording studio, mm -hmm. yeah. um, and having, like, people around, like, do you find that that helps foster, like, flow, we were just talking about flow and creativity, like just having those people around in your space all the time? Oh yeah, I mean, it's just different energy. Like, you know, when you're around somebody, you pick up their energy and in a sense, like, you have to be able to understand their energy to really cater to what kind of beat they want you to make or what kind of song they want your band to record or what kind of mix or what kind of, you know, it's just like having that influence, like knowing who the person is, mm -hmm. it really like helps me out a lot to kind of like know my direction, like where I want to take their music in a sense. In a sense, like, because I mean, if they're like, you know, if we're hanging out and like we know each other and we can just kind of like talk and just kind of get the vibe and everything, there's like a certain point where it's just like, okay, well, I can kind of gauge of like what they like, or, you know, they'll tell me what they like. Mm -hmm. And then in that sense, I'll start to kind of get into their world. Cause that's the thing is like, it's like as a producer, like, I feel like my job is to kind of find my way into their world because, you know, they're the artists. Like, I'm supposed to be there to, like, cater to the artists. Because, I mean, ultimately, we're both there to do the same job to make music and everything, but, you know, it's still their vision. You gotta honor that. Yeah, um, now, you're, <laughs> when you say to cater to the artists, man, you can play so many different instruments. Uh, <laughs> you know, you've been learning since a kid, like, when you start thinking about a new song, is there an instrument that you kind of start off with a melody in your head or a bass line or something like What's the first one that pops up to you? Most of the time it's, uh, it's drums. Most of the time, it's, it's, well, most of the time it's drums and then a close second is keys just because like certain things that I'm hearing in my head and certain things that like, like certain vibes that I want to get out, it kind of starts there. Just like it's either going to be like a rhythmic thing, like a drum beat or just kind of like some harmonic structure from the keyboard because from from either place I can find where the bass line's going and then start like building on top of that in that sense. So with Jellostone being your home recording studio, you don't just record but you're brown and yourself in there. You mm -hmm. work with so many people from Richmond and, and mm -hmm. all different kinds of genres. Who have you been working with recently that you've just really enjoyed um, what you guys have been creating? Uh, well, the latest thing that came out, I mean, the Nigel Hall situation, that's, that was like uh, a couple of years ago. Just got pressed to vinyl and it's his first solo album in a long time and like it's one of those things where like, we worked really hard on it and just kind of seeing, you know, just kind of like co-producing it with them, just kind of seeing like where we took the songs and like how they developed. It was kind of like, oh man, like we saw it literally, like literally grow from the ground, you know? And here it is like as a full-grown flower, you know? How long does it normally take you to get from the recording process with him to having like a fully fleshed out project? Um, it varies, it varies. I mean, like, it just depends on like, you know, getting the mix right, making sure like certain instruments are, actually like recorded and just kind of seeing like how he's feeling about you know his vocals and how I'm feeling about certain parts you know it really the, the time really varies it just kind of just depends on like how we're all feeling and make sure everybody on all fronts are agreeing 
on what the product, the final product's gonna be. Uh, how how do you <clears throat> choose what projects you're gonna work on? Because I'm sure so many people are like, hey, will you please, you know, work on this, work on this, mm -hmm. and uh, I, you know, there's definitely been some good music that's come out of Jellystone. But like, how do you choose what you're gonna work on? Um, at a certain point, I mean. You know, like, I mean, I, I mean, me, that's kind of a problem I have is like, I want to work on everything. And I'm realizing that, like, you know, I'm trying to, like, really, like, make sure I can secure my time to make sure that, like, I'm energized and, like, regroup to work on as much as I can. Yeah. But it's also one of those things where, you know, now that things are opening back up and we're just starting to hit the road a little bit more and we're about to go to Europe soon, it's like, there's so many people I want to work with that I'm kind of like, man, I want to. I really want to work right now, but it's also like, you know, I'm not going to agree to something where like I know my full time isn't like invested, you know. And so, I mean, there's really no process in a sense. It's just like if I if I have time for it at that time, then I'm definitely down to work on it and definitely down to like give it whatever full attention I have at that time. But it's also just, you know, certain people have deadlines and certain people have different, you know, plans in the sense of like how they want to release things. So I'm just trying to make sure that I can do everything the best of my ability to make sure that I'm fitting within their plan and I can do the best of my ability to kind of see it through. I was looking at your Bandcamp uh, and you have 32 projects on Bandcamp. That's a lot of projects. That's a lot, yeah. A lot of good projects. <laughs> and then, like, hearing the number, I'm just like, really? <laughs> yeah, yeah. You had me do a multiplication, bro. I was like, there's right. this many in a row and this many right, rows. Because right, right, I right. had to scroll down to get it. So, uh, but 32 projects, and, and everybody's got their favorites, you know what I mean? But I, I heard a story about you meeting Mad Lib and him having a favorite that maybe you didn't expect him to have uh, as far as one of those beat tapes. The Christmas joint. He mentioned... That was a crazy night. Just like being, well, of course, like me and the homies, like me, my homie Griffin, shouts to Griffin, my homeboy uh, X, you know, San Genesius, like, we just like took a trip. We was like, oh man, man, it's gonna be at U Street Music Hall. And the tickets are like, how much? Oh yeah, we gotta go, we gotta go. So like made up like, a whole day trip. Went up there, caught the show, saw some homies there from Richmond, from all over. And so we're just chilling. So then like at the end of the night, like people are leaving, we're just kind of hanging around. We see Egon and we're just kind of like, Yo, like, like, it'd be dope if you can get a picture with Mad Lib. Like, you think it would be cool with that? And he was like, let me ask him, because sometimes he's sometimes he's cool with it, sometimes he's not. Let me just make sure he's cool with it. And then I saw him across the room taking pictures with everybody else, and then I'm just like talking to everybody. I was like, oh shit, yo, we get there, we get there, we get there. And so, <laughs> so then like, you know, Egon comes over, he's like, oh yeah, like, you know, these guys want to take a picture. And I'm just, you know, we're just like dabbing up, like, yo, man, I'll be loving your music, love your music. And I'm like, yo, man, you know, what's up, man? I'm DJ Harrison. And he just like, took my shoulders and like held me back it was like yo you're dj harrison yo yo he was and then like he just like he like he like hugged me and was just like would not he was like yo man the butcher brown stuff man that christmas album and in my head my face is just like wait a minute you see what I'm like it's just like, kind of like christmas album? yeah he, he was like the christmas album like but and then he said butcher brown i was kind of like wait a minute he really he really knows, like my me, one of my musical heroes, like knows that, and it's kind of like, it's like, it was a, it was a, it was a, 
It was a mindfuck. It was definitely a mindfuck. Like to the whole point where like we drove home and like the car ride was like, you know, from DC to Richmond, it was like halfway, half of the car ride was silent. <laughs> we, we were all in the car just like, what just happened? <laughs> like, like just like it replaying in my head, you know? But yeah, I mean, that mo that was kind of one of those moments where it's kind of like, okay, maybe you are doing something right. Maybe you should kind of just stay on this track for a little while longer, you know? Has there been a, another moment like that where you felt, you know, like, yeah, I'm on the right track if, if this person's aware of it? Or has there just been like another moment where you've, you've taken a second to breathe and been like, oh, this is, I'm, I'm doing it, you know what I mean? Yeah, um, I mean, this is a couple of years ago now, but the Jack White scene, like, playing, playing on a studio session with Jack White was like, it's like, obviously it's like the first time I've ever been like in like a rock and roll situation where it's just like, oh, like Jack wants this. He wants this keyboard, he wants this compressor, he wants this much tape ordered or shipped from wherever, wherever. And it's like, the next day it's just like, it's, everything is there in the studio. Like we walk in and like everything he asked for is there. And it's just like, yo. Well, you know, just like whole different level of, yeah. Of business at that point, but even just like being in the room with him and just being like, oh man, I gotta make sure I'm on mic, I gotta make sure I like listen to the music and get my notes and everything straight and make sure I'm playing everything. He's just like, oh no, man, like you know, we're just gonna play, we're just gonna jam, we're just gonna you know kick it and here's the idea, just gonna listen to the ideas and just go in the room and just see what we can do. I will say, Jack White's guitar amp, loudest thing I've ever heard in my life, <laughs> loudest thing I've ever heard in my life, like. So loud, <laughs> like loudest thing ever in my life. How long were you in there recording with him? Um, we were there at uh, Sears Sound for three days. I got the call on like a uh, Sunday, and it was just like, "Yo, man, I think this guy is like emailing me about the session in New York, and I can't do it." And then my manager was like, "My manager at the time was like, Yo, man, I think this is for Jack White. I think this is Jack White's manager.'" I was like, "Jack White, like the Jack White," and then. An hour later, it was just like, okay, well, if you want to do the session, you know, I, I got you the hotel room, I got you the plane tickets, they got you all transportation and everything covered, and it was just like, it was the same thing I was saying, it was just like, like rock star, just being like, oh, this is already done. Like, I'm going to say no to this? Yeah, and it was like Sunday, it was like Sunday evening at like 7 o'clock, and the session was in New York Monday, the next day at 10 a.m. Wow. Yeah, so it was like... I had to act fast. <laughs> Get on that plane. Exactly. It actually started with my mom. Like I went grocery shopping with her and was starting to see all of the alter all the options that are out there. I just was like, yo, like I can make all kinds of pretzels. I would come up with a bunch of cravings and then start selling them at work. Like I spent a lot of time like making sure every detail is like perfect. I just knew whatever was gonna come out was gonna be real because like I sort of I, I live and breathe this like handling the creations. It was really important for us to be able to provide something for our vegan community, gluten-free community, our sugar-free community. The pretzels are like pretzel ladies, the cake pops are lady cakes. So just kind of trying to pour into that feminine energy and that you know, I can have kids and still own my own business. Like, I can do it all. Um, now, I'm sure something that's had your focus a lot recently is you've been cooking up a solo album. Mm -hmm. When is that coming out? Tell us a little bit about that. 
What's <laughs> what's going on with that, man? Um, well, it is being mastered as we speak. Like, it's not even on the version I sent y'all. Like, it's it's crazy. Man. Okay, yeah, so yeah, yeah, yeah. I wasn't gonna say anything, but the version he sent us is amazing. <laughs> uh, I, I've, I've been listening to it. Um, what is the album called? Again, it is called uh, Tales from the Old Dominion. Tales from the Old Dominion. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Little little Virginia influence. Oh yeah, got in got to man, got to. I mean, that's my thing. Like I always want to like represent for like the home team, represent for the city, represent for like the people I grew up with, my friends, my family. You know, just kind of like make you know make those people proud because in a sense it's like you know money can't really buy that shit. So it's kind of like when you when you have a chance to like really do something that means something to you and everybody else, it's like. You know, go for it. Yeah, why not? How, how often do you get a chance to, like, really touch people? Um, how long were you working on your album? <sighs> two, two and a half years. Wow. And I was kind of like, well, it was just like, I started doing it after the Hazy Moves album, and it just kind of like, you know, a lot of stuff happened in the sense of just like, you know, went through a breakup, went through, like, you know, definitely family and, kind of fail business ventures and shit like that and kind of I kind of just stepped away for a while and got my scene together and it's like once the it was really when the pandemic hit it was kind of like well I have nothing but time I'm in my house I'm surrounded by all these rinky-dink <laughs> rinky-dink like music gear whatever it's like I need to be able to like finish this I need to like if there's like a if there's not anything telling me to finish this it's right now it's just you know this pandemic being in the house and it's like I sat down and like started writing started uh, you know recording different ideas and just kind of started putting stuff together and it's funny because like the album where it stands now was a totally different album from what it was in like June of last year because I mean there was like like half of the tracks that are on the album now like weren't even like a thing like a year ago like so it's a lot of new stuff that you've A lot, you've a lot of newer stuff, yeah, but it's just like hearing like the older stuff that I took off, I'm like going like through the list before I even like send like the stuff off the master, I'm like going through the old playlist and I'm just like, damn, there is that one. <laughs> <laughs> and there's that one too, that's that one too. And I was kind of forgetting about it, but yeah, I mean, I've just, it's one of those things where I feel like, you know, now that that's completed, I can just kind of move on to the next project. You know, start doing beats and start doing freelance, more like more freelance stuff, and mm -hmm. just kind of just like let it just let it just sit in the oven for a while, let it cook, and then once it's time to come out, it'll be it'll be what it is. That's dope. I hope that more people used this kind of time out from the pandemic and the lockdown and all that to kind of reassess things and mm -hmm. get back on projects uh, projects that they've been meaning to do. Right. Can I can I mention one thing? Yeah, man. You were talking about uh, projects that I was excited. I guess it's gonna be coming out. Um, Towards the later half of the year, and so by that time, another album of mine is coming out. Where's that? Uh, that bag. Uh, right here. Oh, cool. So this is a funny story. So there's this. Um, thank you. There's this jazz singer named Kurt Elling, and we recorded the album at my house. And mm. it's this. Ah. So it's Kurt Elling. It's me, Kurt Elling, Charlie Hunter. And uh, Corey Fonville. Now, you guys are like going around and playing different shows in different cities. Aren't you like going to London or something? Mm hmm. Yeah. I'm, leaving, I'm leaving for Europe in. What's today? Fourth, right? Leaving for Europe in 11 days. So, how did how did your 
relationship and rec recording with Kurt Elling come about? So this album came about in a sense through the pandemic. Like we got up in October of last year. And so Charlie Hunter knew Corey Fonville just from touring and from playing in different places and whatnot. And, you know, side note, Charlie Hunter is the guy that's on Voodoo who's playing Spanish Joint and The Root and Great Day in the Morning. And he's playing like a hybrid guitar. Hybrid is like he's playing bass and guitar at the same time. Wow. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, like, like he's playing bass with like his thumb and, you know, doing the thing. Like, I don't know, I don't know how he does it. That's wild. <laughs> but yeah, he's playing, he's playing a hybrid guitar. But, you know, him and Corey knew each other in a sense. Like, um, he was working with Kurt Elling on writing some new tunes and they were kind of going for a new sound. And so, you know, Charlie. You know, I guess Corey had put uh, the Butcher Brown scene in Charlie's ear, or either Charlie picked it up just from him being around, or like in a sense, me, Corey, and Charlie started talking, and Charlie was like, "Man, I gotta come to Richmond. Like, I, I want to come, like you know, play with y'all, hang with y'all." And then this opportunity came up with Kurt. And <laughs> funny story, once you know, it was during the pandemic, so we all got tested, we all made sure everybody was cool, and. We all came to Jellystone and we were just working on tunes, just kind of just, you know, sitting in the room, seeing what's going on. Like I was playing keys, he was playing the hybrid guitar, and then Corey's playing drums. This made it sound so casual. He's just over there playing the hybrid yeah, guitar. Yeah, he's, you know, over there just playing, just ba playing bass and guitar at the same time. time yeah. And this is like, so we're sitting there and we're recording, we're like writing the songs and we're recording everything. And so I'm thinking we're recording demos. And I'm just like, okay, well, like, you know, just so he can hear the song and hear the structure. So send out the demos. And then Charlie's like, oh man, Kurt really loves it. Just got the phone with him. He loves it. He's writing to the song right now. And then come to find out, Kurt goes to record the vocals. I think it was in like somewhere in Illinois. He went to, he goes to record the vocals and I find out like, oh, the song the the stuff we were recording isn't the demos. It's actually gonna be on the album. Oh. <laughs> like what you hear there was from that. Yeah. Like Jellystone, <laughs> like with Charlie Hunter and Kurt, and it's like this, like that's what the album is. And it's funny thing, is Kurt and Charlie have been like coming to Richmond and like doing rehearsals and doing gigs and whatnot. And so they, we did a gig at the Hall, just kind of like you know getting the feet wet and like getting the band together and like getting used to the songs. But that was my first time meeting Kurt Elling was on that gig, and we had recorded an entire album together. <laughs> <laughs> Internet's amazing, isn't it? Right. Super, super blue. <laughs> Man, that's super cool. Yo, yeah. I, I want to ask you more about like Richmond broadly. Mm -hmm. uh, what's your sense of like the music art scene now? And maybe if you had a thought on it from maybe ten or fifteen years ago, because to me it feels different. Mm -hmm. To me, it feels like there's more energy. There's more people pulling together now. Yeah. But uh, yeah, man, like, what do you think about the city and, and the music and where it's going and what's happening? I definitely agree with that in a sense. I mean, I, I also feel like it's it's pulling from that now because of, like, all the groundwork that's been laid. Like, you know, like you were saying, like, 10, 15 years ago, like, with the, with the earth, you know, like, the Earth Tones and the JPS and, like, you know, Chocolate Milk. And like, well, all, like, all of, like, you know, all of, like, those, those crews and shit. And the clip mode was coming through and all of that. Like, just having that groundwork laid and different just like different scene different scenes are just like i feel like they're starting to come up because people are starting to like just pay close attention to richmond like in general just like from the groundwork that we've laid it's just like based off of just like legit hard work and like 
putting in like legit time and effort, like no facade, like no smoking mirrors, no, you know, no no magic tricks in a way. You know, it's just everything is just authentic and it's real. Like whether you like whether you go see a hip hop show or whether you go see a rock band, whether you go see a bluegrass band, whether you go see jazz, like everything is authentic. You know, it comes from a place where it's just like very honest. I feel. I'm sorry, I, I looked oh, no. over you back there, my bad. Um, so I know that you are like talented across like all the instrument planes, but have you ever, I guess working with a lot of vocalists, like ever wanted to do anything like with your own voice, like on any of your tracks? <laughs> That's what the, the new album. Okay. The new album is a, a lot of me singing. A lot of you. And, and that's the thing, like, hearing, you know, I'm not sure if it's like this for everybody, but hearing my own voice back, I'm, I, I just cringe. I don't know why. It's kind of like, is that, what I, is that what I sound like? Is that what I, but then I'm just kind of like, it, it becomes something where it's just like, I know it's coming from a place where, like, I'm internalizing certain things in the sense of, like, trying to really recreate certain feelings. And so, like, you know, at that moment in time when I'm, like, laying down vocals, I'm like, okay, well, I believe in it in that time, and it's like, yeah, like it feels good and it feels great to me. But then other times I'm kind of like, you know, like listening to this audio back, I'm just kind of probably gonna be like, why do I sound so nasally? <laughs> why do I like why do I sound so whatever, whatever? But you know, it's just like I'm not used to hearing my own voice, you know, outside of my head. I guess you know. But yeah, the new project's got a lot, a lot more vocals on it for sure. I mean, because she hears vocals as like an instrument, you know what I mean? Like, oh, to, yeah, to her, right, right, just, right, right, right. It's noise. She can't hear the words, and so she just likes how it sounds and stuff like that. So she's made me think of the voice as just like, no, nah, I mean, you're just putting another instrument, layering in it with. Oh, I mean, I mean, I'm talking about Richmond, I mean, D'Angelo is a prime example of that. Like, I can't tell you how many times, like, I still look at the lyric books and be like, yo, what was he saying? <laughs> but it, it, it just feels good. Like, you know, just like, the inflections, it's like, like you know, like you said, it's an instrument. It's like the tone of it, and just like the whole, like the inflections and different nuances of certain shit that he's singing. It's like, it's like I don't know what he's saying, but it feels good. <laughs> I heard that for a part of uh, the Black Messiah album that he had recorded his vocals underneath a blanket, smoking a cigarette. So it was like the most smoky, dense place that you can oh, record yeah, vocals, yeah, yeah. like underneath of a blanket, just like yeah, sitting it was, on the yeah, floor. Yeah, it was like a, it was like a little like. Uh, like the studio walls have like those like huge curtains. Mm -hmm. So like they took one of those curtains and like took like a studio bath for it and like built it like a like a little teepee. Like a, like an Indian teepee. And this is like they put the Rhodes keyboard in there, they put an ashtray in there, they put a the little lamp and the remote to like the tape machine and everything. It was just like I the only reason I know about it because I saw it in like the uh, the D'Angelo documentary. Oh that's no. do that? No. I'm about to. Okay, thank you. Yeah. Don't ask me for favors no more. But yo, man, I want to say thank you for your time coming through uh, and A, being a part of the Richmond music scene and, and doing everything that you do for Richmond and putting so many other artists on. I mean, like, you look around this room, like, you're on a bunch of these different albums just doing things. That over there, Sam Reed was recorded at Yellowstone, like, yeah, you know. Yeah. Yeah, big big fan of what you're doing. Thank you for coming through. Yo, and love the shirt selection today, man. 
I got I got I got to I got to tell it. I gotta yeah. Tell it. I got to tell it. Shirt selection. So like <laughs> you know I'm in the car I'm getting you know I'm getting moisturized. Oh, know, can I can I can nose. I tell you something cuz you don't know this part. What's that? So as that so Jai saw you pull up in the car my son he's downstairs and he's like he's in the car. He's like giving play by play. Look at he's like he's rubbing his hands together. <laughs> 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 he was like, I was, he was, I was he goes, he, he, goes cool. he turned off the car. He goes, oh, I think he forgot something in the car. <laughs> so he's like, oh, he, he, was like you, <laughs> he was giving you the, the whole run yeah, yeah. But he didn't <laughs> tell me what you were wearing. Huh? Oh, yeah. <laughs> so like, I get out the car, walk on the sidewalk, you know, I'm looking at the address. I'm like, okay, this is just the right place, cool. Park the car. I, I get up, walk out, walk up the sidewalk. I see you open the door. I look, he opens the door and like the first thing I see is like, I just, the first thing I see before I even see your face, I see bright blue. And I was just like, yo, <laughs> like totally unplanned, totally like just left the chance. Like you can't, you can't make that. I up. think it just means that you made a good shirt because if the blue is the first thing you saw, then the shirt stood out. You stood know what I'm saying? See, see, you see, 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 you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Nah, I think it's a good shirt. Yo, yeah. go ahead, go ahead and throw the recording Yo, up again, man, so you, we can get a Questlove story. Yo, I got oh, like I'm, I never I, stopped recording. Yeah. Oh, okay, so we never stopped. It's good. <laughs> hey, he, that's he, what I'm talking he, he about. Going. Cool, cool. Yo, all right. So like, I might. Who let me see? I got a. Oh, you hit that uh, AC for me. You good? So I got two. I got. I mean, I got. I got mad quest stories, but like. I look at that humble brag. I got, no, I got no, bad no, quest no. stories. No, 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 no. <laughs> no, no, that's what I want to say. I'm like, no, 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 not say that. But okay. No, I'm just messing with you. I got two. I got two. I got two. So it was like, the first time I met him, it was just like I was in um, I was in New York. I was playing a gig with my homeboy Maldi Acosta. I was like playing bass on this gig. We had this rehearsal, and he wasn't feeling well during the day. So I just kind of went around, like walked around, um, you know, Manhattan, just kind of just kicking it. And then this guy had messaged me the day before and was like, yo, like. I'm, you know, looking, uh, you know, looking for you, like, like, would it be cool if you came to my job tomorrow? Like, you know, I saw you were in town, like, I would, you know, would love to meet you, I love your music, and, and I was like, yeah, I mean, that's cool, like, is it, is it cool that I come to your, to your job, or yeah, whatever? Yeah, depends on what the like, job is, right? Right, <laughs> and, then, and then, like, he got back to me, like, later that day, he was like, oh, yeah, man, like, you know, I'm, like, one of Quest's uh, music advisors, like, he, he found out you were in town, and he wants to meet you, and I was just like, oh, shit. <laughs> So then, like, I go up to um, 30 Rock. So, like, I meet up with this cat. He's like, I'm wearing a um, Yo! MTV rap shirt. I'm wearing, like, this by, meet me by Radio City Music Hall by, you know, Rock, Rockefeller Plaza. So I meet up with the cat. I'm just like, yo, what's going on, man? Like, nice to meet you. He's like, ask me questions about my records and everything. So, like, we're going into the 30 Rock building. I'm just like, yo, we're walking in. Like, I'm about to meet this dude. Like, holy shit. And so we go in. We check in. Got to get the pictures taken. Got to get the little pass and everything. Get on the elevator, and get off the elevator, and like, we walk into like the little, like you know you seen like the uh, Jimmy Fallon studio like where like the roots are like in the cranium like the little room and everything, mm-hmm. so we walk in there and then like, you know, he's just sitting there like, you know, doing this NPC thing, but he's talking to the engineer and just like, yo man, what's up, what's up? He's like having a full conversation as he's like, recording this thing that's about to be aired and like I don't even know like tomorrow or whatever, and I'm just like. Yo, it's really and in my head. I'm just like, yo, it's really him. Oh shit, like, this is crazy. And so like, he's finished, and then like, it's silent. It's like maybe like two seconds of silence, and before he's like, he looks at me. He's like, yo, so like, where'd you come from? Like, what? Like, like, like who? Like, he's like, I, I keep hearing your music. Like, you know, like the homies been showing me the music, and like, like, what's up? And I'm just like, yeah, from Richmond, Virginia. Like, 
you know. At that point, like, I was always keeping, like, the whole Jellystone catalog. So I had, like, stash box. I had, like, all, like, all the CDs and everything. So I was like, I think a uh, Sam Reed CD had just came out. And I was just like, yo, man, like, you know, from Richmond, blah, blah, blah. Like, you know, like, here's, like, some of the music. I brought you some, you know, some music to take with you or whatever. And he was like, oh, yeah, this is the joint you showed me. Oh, yeah, this is the joint you showed me. And he had the King's joint. He had oh, the Butcher wow. Brown joint. And I was like, yeah, I recorded uh, the King's joint. We like did it uh, to the cassette. He was like, oh yeah, I heard it. I know, I know, I heard it. Yeah, that, that that's real cassette right there. And then like, so we we're just hanging. It's, it was like an hour. We were just hanging, and like he's on Instagram, like going through like my SoundCloud, and like he's like at the time I had this D'Angelo outtake thing on SoundCloud, and he was like playing it over and over. He's like, yo, like, oh my god, like, like. What is this? Like, and I was like, yo, man, like, you know, the D'Angelo outtake. He's like, yeah, I know it's the D'Angelo outtake, but like, is this all you? Like, you did this? You recorded this too? Like, it sounds just like it. He's, he's like, like, you know, I'm talking to, you know, the homies in the room, and like, you know, by this point, like, the roots are walking in. I'm just like, he's like, he's like, he's like, yo, man, this is James Poison. Yo, what's up, man? And then like, you know, Kirk's in there. I'm just like, like you know, you know, and like you know, I'm, I'm trying my best. You know, I'm, I'm on the outside. I'm cool. You know, trying to trying to be cool, calm, collected. But in the inside, I'm just like, oh my oh, god, like, jumping out your chest, yeah, man. Like the, like the roots are in here. Like this is crazy. Yeah. And then like, so he's like, you know, in the commotion, I'm just like, yo, man, like I love your keyboard work. Like talking to the roots and talking to the keyboardists and all that. And then like he's on in the background. See, he's on the phone. He's like holding the phone to his speak, like to the speaker. And he's like playing the track over and over. He's like, yo, man, you need to call me back, bro. Like, call me back ASAP. And then he hung up. He's like, man, the one time D'Angelo doesn't pick up the phone. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Needless to say, like, I left. It's funny because, like, after I left 30 Rock, it was kind of like, it was like, I left 30 Rock and, like, my phone had died. <laughs> and I was, like, kind of lost. <laughs> but, like, even then, like, I mean, you know, it was a grid. So, like, I knew where I was going. I just had to, like, walk and couldn't call Uber or whatever. But it was like, that whole walk, I'm just like, yo that just you know it's like a lot of moments like that where it's just kind of like this really happened like what the fuck it's disorienting yeah 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 no it was wild man it was wild and then the other time they get they played at um the richmond jazz festival that's kind of when it was raining it was like sound system was going in and out it was it, they played a good show but you know the sound system from the festival didn't really hold up to like too well it was kind of cutting in and out and all that but we were talking backstage after the fact, and I was just like, yo, man, like, you know, like, talking about D'Angelo, of course, was like, you know, I'm like a huge D'Angelo fan, obviously, if I haven't made that clear already. <laughs> <laughs> but if, it was, if we was talking about, like, yo, man, like, you know, just trying to figure out what D, like, what D is up to. This is like 2016, 2017, I think. Just trying to figure out, I'm like, yo, man, like, I really want to work with him. Like, you know, what's he up to now? Like, what's he doing? And he was just like, he was like, yo, man, like, I got to make that happen. Like, he, like he's kind of looking off. He was like, I got to find a way to make that happen. And wow. I was just like, like, I just walked away from that. You know, just like, there's like those kind of stories where you walk away from it and you're just, you're just sitting there thinking, like, how did this happen? And what's going to happen? Yo, thank you to the crew. We could not have done this without y'all. Liner Notes with DJ Harrison, episode one. We really appreciate it, DJ Harrison. Yo, check out his new album, Tales from the Old Dominion. Credits, that's everybody that worked on this joint. Ryan, floor director, Gordy Michael, Tommy, and Jason on cameras. Jai with the gopher, host, illiterate. Those are the people, but well, I'm one of those people. But we, we own here RVA, and we help create all this. 
Thank you to the animators. We had Don Jonathan Webb, Ryan Holy Moses, and we also had Theodore Taylor III, who did a book with Lil Nas X, by the way. Shout out to the music Stone's Throw for letting us use DJ Harrison's music. Shout out to Fresh Selects for letting us use Sons of the James. Shout out to DJ Harrison himself. Also, shout outs to Ant the Symbol for this dope theme song and Gordy Michael for some of his backing production on this. All Richmond music, by the way. Shout outs to Honestly Smoke Craft Jerky and Handy Woman Creation Sweet Shot, man. Fantastic partners. Here, RVA brought you this. We love Richmond music. We love y'all. Listen local, support local, love local. We'll catch y'all on the next episode. Peace. Oh, yeah. HearRVA.com if you ain't know. And hear RVA on all the socials. Like here, like you listening, you know what I'm saying?